Hello, this is Andy Belanger. I'm working on uh, Southern Cross for Image Comics, and this is 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> You heard Spider-Man. Don't lie. Why did you say Iron Man? You didn't say Iron Man. Did you? No, All right, good. No, because there's a superior Iron Man tank. He got to fight the Spider-Man as he usual. You crazy? Maybe, maybe not in the movie. He's so crazy. You crazy? I'm glad to be there. I don't like missing the boy. Yeah, sorry. Uh, oh, okay. So I try my best, man. No, that's not what I mean. Why do you always take things personal? I mean, if if, if, right. if Dap wasn't so unyielding in his schedule, social butterfly, you might have all you gotten know, together. You, you go up to Dap, hey, Dap, that's a nice tie. What's the matter? Oh, my other ties are no. shit? No, he'd be like, See, no, you're like, this be like what's the matter with my shirt? Really? Right? How no. about my jeans? You like my jeans? You don't forget, good? Don't forget my eyes? What the fuck? The, uh, Mighty cute? Yes. <laughs> I only do that with you. I would never if if someone compliments my tie, thank you and and move along. There's no why why just. I bet you got a lot of compliments on that hair. As the what? Oh, step all up. I feel whip. like a mattress. <laughs> I'm Vince B, the mattress. Uh. Come on, step all over oh, me. <laughs> uh, what whip. what did they say about you? Said what? My hair? Yeah. What did they say about your beautiful quaff? Oh, well, Henry was the only one kind of wigging out on it. He's like, but no, you need the, where's the little flip in the, I'm like, stop. So no, you look but everybody else, no, pretty much everybody at work loves it. Um, and by rough, I mean tough, not rough as in ragged. Rough, ragged and raw. Uh, the, the, the new whip is just, is, is flipping awesome, boo. I, I absolutely, I, and Renee, Renee's just like, she wants to live in it because in, in the old Tucson, the seat was not, um, it was not comfortable. It, it, it served a purpose, but it just, she, like anytime I would turn the wheel, like she'd slide all over the seat. Or if I, anytime I'd hit the brakes, she'd slide down. And it, it just, it, it, but this one, it's, it's actually made that for a person. It does. I thought you were talking about getting princess. busy. No, I haven't, we haven't gotten busy in the car. We haven't christened it yet. You though. haven't christened it yet? Not yet, not yet. Son. I know. Did you get busy in the Burger King bathroom? <laughs> I, I'm not Vince. The, uh, that's, this is true. <laughs> Thank you. This is uh, very, very top of the beautiful pillow she embroidered. <laughs> no, not yet. Mm. I'm not because I, I don't. You know, I'm not. I, there's still. I I need to wash them a little bit more. I just want to. You know, I don't. I don't need to scratch myself. And uh, but the I I fucking love that car. Nice, nice. Did you buy the car because of your past residence? I just thought of that. Huh? No, I used to live in Yuma. Yeah, but it's Tucson, Arizona, it's, so I'm thinking. No, no, it was. They don't make it Yuma. No, they don't. It was a good thing. No, uh, no it had nothing to do with my residency. It was, um, it just, it was, it was, I, I drove a small little, I used to drive a, an accent, and when the, uh, we both had cars when we moved to the house, the cars were not going to withstand the winters up here going up and down the mountains, so we, we both decided to get, the vehicles that made more sense and uh when i went to the local hyundai dealer they offered me a stupid crazy trade-in and um and i went with the hyundai just because it, it i went with the tucson because it made more sense over the santa fe 
I actually had more headroom in the Tucson, even though the Santa Fe is bigger. But um, I've had no problems with 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 their makes, and uh, and when I trade, it was it was just it was time to upgrade. So uh, I, I just decided to stick with it because they they work. They, I'm I'm happy with them. So cool. You know what I'm happy with? What you happy that? with? I'm so happy that this is Eleven O'clock Comics, Episode Four Hundred and Two. Wow! Damn. First of the new year, and Happy I new am year. Vince B. You are Vince B. New Year's baby. I am David A. Price. Woot. And I'm a bit exhausted because I just handled all my labors. Because of course I am Heracles. <laughs> 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 You're not Heracles. You're better looking. You are the boy back again. Thank goodness. Jason, no slight against that. <laughs> Jason Woo. People. Yes. Man. Miss a week. I feel like I've, we got to touch with you fools. Ah, it's always nice to be welcomed back. It's great to be back. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Dave, David's a social butterfly and the guy couldn't, you know, couldn't accommodate. Flexible schedule last week, so I even though I was true. home before uh, our usual recording time, and it's true that was all Vince's fault. Blame <laughs> somebody, goddamn it! Yeah, it's not my fault. It's never, never the boy's fault. Never, 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 never. It's actually my wife's fault for calling it for keeping it real. <laughs> our very good, our very good friends, our uh, some of our dearest friends in the world outside of y'all, of course, the Kennedys. We have uh, celebrated New Year's together for twenty-two years straight. Lord. Yeah, crazy, right? And uh, uh, it turned out that uh, they had the opportunity to come up on the 30th with the family instead of the 31st and stay an extra day, which I was all in favor of. But the wife signed off on that without thinking of the fact that that was Wednesday night. Mm. And then I was like, yo, girl. <laughs> that woman? <laughs> yeah, that went over well. I'm like, we got, yo. we got to the podcast. <laughs> and then she gave me that that look like. You can't do it on Tuesday? Uh. Then I'm like, well, I would do it on Tuesday, but I have a diva that I record with, so ah. it's got a dinner party. So, no, nah, but in all seriousness, so that, that's, uh, yeah, so it didn't line up. What are you going to do? But Yeah. Give me my segue. Who did you come in as? Heracles. Heracles. Oh, you don't have to best the Nimian lion to get cheap comics. All you got to do. That was flat. Is shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your books for a fraction of the retail price. The new list is up. Yay. And I have carefully picked. Oh, it is? Oh, I didn't download yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Carefully picked my three favorites from said list. From Dynamite, our good friend Karina Becco is writing a book. Roberto Castro is illustrating it. The cover artist is Alex Ross. It is Lords of the Jungle featuring Tarzan and Sheena, number one of six. Now, the cover price on this bad boy is $3.99, as usual, for Dynamite. But you, as a Discount Comic Book Service subscriber, can get it for half that. $1.99. Pay careful attention to this next one because... (coughs) Excuse me. Jesus, sorry. From Valiant, it's A and A, also known as Archer and Armstrong. Yes, they are relaunching Archer and Armstrong as as another ongoing. The written by Rafer Roberts, 
Art by David LaFuente. Oh my goodness. Uh, smash or be smashed. It's $3.99 cover price. Your price, not 50% off. 60% off. Wow. You can get the first issue for $1.59. It's, it's the 80s again. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, from IDW, it's Godzilla Oblivion five-issue miniseries, the first of which, written by Joshua Hale Fialkov, art by Brian Chirilla, cover art by Graham Nakamura, and the cover price is three ninety nine. Your price? Take a guess. Don't all speak at once. Fifty percent off. You can bring it home for a dollar ninety nine. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order additions, and you get everything all wrapped up nice and secure and delivered right to your door. It's effortless. Do it. DCBService.com. Nice. Sorry, I would have nice. chimed in, but I, I was on mute because I was hacking up a lung. I My uh, my drink went down the wrong pipe. Oh, sad. Right? Yeah, it is. Damn. So what are you drinking that went down the wrong pipe? Uh, I am drinking uh, Miller Lite, actually, believe it or not. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I know. I, 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 you on the porch? <laughs> I, I just, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, sometimes they get left over. Yeah, you know? it was left over from years. and You got to drink exactly. it. Well, I have. I can't wait to do this because I have something very special mm. for, for my brother Dap. Mm. I'm, I'm going to open it now. Is that a pop top? It is a pop top. From, it's handcrafted by Robinson's Brewery in Cheshire, England, where all the cats come from. Um, it's charged with flavor. Surprisingly, it's only 4.7% alcohol by volume, which kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense considering the uh, inspiration for the beer. Uh, they're a bunch of ass kickers. So the beer... Technically, it should kick your ass. We'll see. Premium British beer created by Iron Maiden. Yeah. I am drinking the Trooper. Nice. You should, the can is awesome. Well, it's, it, you've seen the image with Eddie with the, the, the Union Jack and he's charging toward, you've seen it. Everyone has seen it. That's on the can. It's a black can with Eddie running right into your lap across the bottom. Trooper. In, in good old Iron Maiden scrawl and I'm gonna taste it. It's okay. <laughs> wow. It's, it's okay. It's that was a little ringing endorsement. It's okay. Just, one. just like it may be a little session. It may really. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it, I think it's a little thin for Iron Maiden. It should be robust. It should be well, like they're here a, now. It should have a big bottom. Wow. Well, it's all that caningulus. <laughs> That's what it is. They're getting older, man. So, it's, no, it's not bad. I didn't think you could ever butcher a thing worse than Magneto, but you just said caningulus. Like we're talking <laughs> about annihilus. Caningulus. Well, you, that is the negative result. Believe me. Caningulus is in language. Caningulus. It's not Caligula. It's Caligulus. By the way, speaking of Caligula, though, well, I, got the, I got the cosmic rod. You know how there's uh, all these different apps for the, the dating? You know, there's the, the Tinder. Grinder. Vince knows about yeah. the Grinder. Right. There's Now there's Thrinder now for threesomes. Oh. So I was thinking about it. Like, you know what we're missing? Caligula. The social dating app for orgies. And shit in mouth. 
Right? <laughs> Talk about a moneymaker. <laughs> two, two girls, one cup. That's... Oh, boy. Vince, before we get off of what you're drinking, uh. Caningulus. No. <laughs> like cunning. Cunna linguist. No. I say caningulus. You're hilarious. Because it sounds like an aisle. <laughs> Fair point. And that, and he comes from the negative zone. Maybe when you're having not, to do your, no, your, your, your husbandly duties, that's what you're thinking. It's like going into the negative yeah. zone. Fucking Kirby dots all around <laughs> my head. Man, it stinks down here. So, Go ahead. are you familiar with Ballast Point? <laughs> ballast Point. No. Uh, a, a, a brewer, um, Constellation Brands acquired Ballast Point uh, a few months back, and they are a craft beer maker known for most most heavily known for their sculpin IPAs and uh you came up today my 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 minion Alex is listening to our show now oh nice is, it's good or bad Alex? I guess yeah right shout oh, out Alex. Very... but uh, we're sitting there doing work on the beverage sector today at the firm and we were looking at this company constellation brands and their acquisitions last year and Alex says, hey, do you you know Ballast Point? They bought it last year. I like them a lot. I said, I don't know it. And then uh, he's like, he's like, you know who would like Ballast Point? So you should ask Vince. I bet, he's, I bet he's had some. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I will tell Vince that you thought of him today when we were doing research. Nice. Wait, is this the same guy that said Nina was pretty? Um, I don't No, I don't think so. Did he? No, uh, it was another coworker, I thought. No, no, no. It was the minion. Oh, was it? Yeah. I don't remember the context. Mm-hmm. Well, I will try this beer because he obviously has good taste. Nice. And cool. and also, uh, no, go ahead, sir. We're still doing the drinks, please. <laughs> now, I, I'm all out of sorts. Go ahead, Dappy. What are you drinking? Uh, well, this is for you, you um, canangulist. You, it's uh, gnarly head. Yes, authentic black from Lodi, California, 2013. Rich, dark, bold red wine. Yeah, because when you do the caningulus, you use your head. That's right, baby. Nice. No matter how gnarly I mean, it just, is. I'm just going to say it as many times as I can just to put it in the show just get a rise out of caningulus. Jason. Caningulus. Oh, listen, you do you. That's all fine, but... I do. So I just, if you want that's to my thing, shit, though. go ahead. That's my, that's my thing. I love I say it. Things, I say things wrong. So wait, let me get this straight. I go away for a week, and then then Vince gets to be back to being your boo. I see how it is. No, no, he never used the word. I did not hear the word. I heard it when he was talking to you, Mm. but I didn't hear it when he was talking to me. I never hear it when he's Mm. talking to me. It's because I'm not. Because you don't know. You don't hear it. You just, you just don't want to accept it. That's. Oh, it's at a pitch like dog whistles. Like that's so high. I can't even (laughs) hear. Go ahead. So I just wanted to send a huge thank you because I wasn't here last week. I know y'all shouted out our boy, our boy Onomar. Yes. Um, he, uh, as he did for y'all, he, he was super gracious to send me a kick-ass, uh, tender, loving, care-filled, uh, holiday gift package. And I just wanted to make sure I properly thanked him too, even though I know y'all thanked, thanked him collectively, but I wanted to say thank you for that. I also got some kick-ass custom, uh, personalized artwork. Yeah, nice. Uh, and, and he gave me, uh, this, uh, it's 10 CDs full of, of hip hop. And he, as you, as you all know, he is the, the master of the music. And so he, he went everywhere from the old school to the esoteric to the new stuff, trying to give me stuff that he, uh, thought I might not be as familiar with, but I would love. So Aww, yeah, really that's super a great, thoughtful. Great gift. Super thoughtful. Yeah. So I'm in the process because it is CDs of loading it all up onto my iTunes so that I can throw it onto my, my, uh, 
my devices and, and get cranking with it. But much love, dude. And I'm actually very happy to say he's the newest member of the posse. Yes. Indeed. He is going to him. attend Sados Eidos with us. It's going to be his first ever con. Yep. And he's going to room with us. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. So shout out on many levels to my man. You got a mixtape. I got like, um, like, I got like a mix, like, like vault. A mm-hmm. tape. It's, it's like, it's like Love a vault. It. That's cool. Yeah. It's like Geraldo Rivera came here and like opened up something and there was like actually something in it for once. Yeah, you had something in <laughs> yeah. it. You guys remember that? I remember that. Like yeah, I do. Yep. Totally. That's, yeah. All right. What else we got? Uh, are we going into the comics or we, do we have any let's additional do the comics and then we'll, we'll do the, we'll do the, the, the announcements of upcoming things, uh, later on. Sure. So we sure. don't bombard people with too much stuff to remember all at once. Cool. Well, don't fight for the mic. Somebody pick it and start going. All right. Well, since I wasn't here last week, I'll take first dibs. Good. Um, it's it's rare that something I read in the last days of a year end up figuring so heavily in my overall judgment of the best stuff of the year. Ooh, deja vu. Go ahead. But... In this case, that happened, and I'm not really surprised because I was waiting with bated breath for this to arrive in my inbox after reading the prior installment of this. So I was expecting it to be awesome, and it was not only awesome, it was off-the-top Wumba Mega Awesome, and will factor very heavily in our year-end awards when I uh, finish figuring out my ballot. But I am talking about The Hero Book 2. By, uh, by Dark Horse. Uh, this is David Rubin's, uh, work, of course. Um, listeners may remember, uh, my discussion of, uh, The Hero Book One last year, meaning 2014. Um, these are, are, uh, tr- US, these are English translated hardcover reprints of work that David, uh, did. He's, he's a Spaniard that he did a few years back in Spain. Uh, and, uh, this is the second of two volumes that chronicle the life and times of, uh, of, of Hercules, aka Heracles. Uh, and this picks up right where the first volume left off. And as, as a, uh, as a way of re- reminding everyone, essentially, this is, it's, it's essentially, um, Ruben's view of, of the Hercules myth, but in, in a way that, uh, very, uh, very wonderfully overlaps modern sensibilities with the legend. So, for example, Hercules rides a motorcycle at times. He's got a cell phone. Um, the, the gods are as much techno organic alien like creatures as they are, you know, giant human looking beings in the sky. Um, so it's, 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 it's very evocative, um, of, of, you know, Paul Pope by design, right? I mean, this is a guy that works, have, works very closely with Paul Pope. Um, and just for everything that I loved about the first volume, again, I, I love it here in the sense that I, I love this guy's cartooning. I think it's just phenomenal. Um, it's like, like I said, it's the, as I said a year ago when I talked about the first volume, he's the love child of Paul Pope and Raphael Grampa. Um, just amazing colors and, and, and the storytelling is just superb. Uh, you've got, 
in, in this book, you, you, you're, you're at the point where he's already done most of his labors. Um, so we take a little respite and we are introduced to the part where he is, um, with wife and children. And, uh, all you mythology fans know, or even you Marvel Comics fans know that, uh, Hercules is, is, uh, is tricked into killing his wife and children. Um, by, uh, the goddess that has an issue with him from the start. And the way it's depicted in this is just crazy. I mean, talk about, talk about a gut punch. I mean, Vince, I, I, I don't know if, if you ever read the first volume or if you've looked at this yet, but, but you, you can't imagine the gruesome nature of the depiction of him, uh, taking out, uh, his family. You know, like they've, they've got him, you know, happily in love and falling in love with his wife and, you know, making love to her and then having these beautiful children in this farm. And then you see him, Look at the kids and the wife and all of a sudden they look like demons and he thinks that they're, they're invading his home. So he's, you know, it's these vivid scenes of him beating these demons to death and like literally mm-hmm. crushing their faces in and ripping out their, you know, their, their entrails and everything, just completely destroying them. And then suddenly his eyes clear and he sees his wife and children absolutely just destroyed. I mean, his wife's face is beaten to such a pulp that it just looks like a bloody mess in the middle of the bathroom. And then you look in the like, next page and his children, literally their, their, their heads are smashed into the wall and their, their limp bodies are just hanging from indentations in the wall. I mean, it's just insanely graphic, you know, but again, so true to the actual myth of Hercules. Um, and, and then he gets back to the labors and, and in, in these books, he's doing the labors for his, his twin brother who has control over him because of the prophecy. Um, and it's just, the choices Ruben makes, both from a cartooning perspective and a storytelling perspective, are so smart. I mean, um, he he takes a lover, but the lover is a, a male. And again, it, it's not unusual, right? Because in ancient Greece, that would have been totally normal. For, sure. For to and, and and he doesn't treat it as any kind of taboo. He's just he had a wife, then he has a male lover, then he goes you know, falls in love with another woman. It's just the way it is. Um, when he fights the uh, when he fights the 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 uh, the the um the two-headed dragon vince it's it's uh it's drawn to look like godzilla uh yes. yeah so it's super cool um and it just again it chronicles all, all of that portion of his life up until the point where he meets atlas and the way that that they depict atlas is so cool i mean atlas instead of being just a giant dude with the earth on his back he is drawn to be Essentially, um, he is a living computer. His burden is that he's connected via wires. Uh, thousands of wires are connected to his body. And so he's carrying the world essentially by holding all of the information and the consciousness of everything that's on the earth. And he's overwhelmed cool. with information. Instead of being overwhelmed with, with the weight of the physical world, he's overwhelmed by the weight of all the knowledge and the humanity that, that, that the world feeds into him sort of like as biofeedback. Um, just super, super smart, smart stuff from start to finish. And each chapter is drawn differently, uh, and tells a different story. Um, and like I say, he goes through the labors and then he, he moves on to the next phase of his life. Um, eventually fighting very hard, uh, against the very nature of him being a, a, you know, half God, half man. Um, and it has a, a an awesome, um, culmination, uh, leading to another love and, uh, freedom from his, his, his burdens. Uh, and, uh, like I said, it's, it's, this is easily for me, the, the most perfect cartooning I've seen in years. 
like the combination of these two books. I could read this book. I could see rereading these books every year. Um, and I just, I have not seen a guy come along who, who I've enjoyed their cartooning more, um, than Ruben, uh, really maybe ever. Um, he's, he's easily one of the top, my, my top cartoonist ever at this point. Like he's right up there to me with anybody else I've ever come across. So, uh, I just can't recommend this enough, man. It's, it's again, I, I, I would read the first one first if you haven't gone ahead and gotten volume one, but, but by all means, if you haven't pick up volume one and, and then grab volume two, um, it's just tr- tr- terrific stuff. And, and, you know, Ruben also was the, was the cartoonist, um, uh, this year, uh, in the, you know, the Paul Pope, uh, graphic novel that we, that I discussed some months ago, uh, the Aurora West, Aurora West, uh, book. So yep. dude's just on a roll and, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see what he's up to next. So man, oh man, this is just amazing stuff. And Vince, there's spot varnish on the cover, buddy. Oh, it's the mark of class. It is. That's what it that is. is. Yep. So yeah, so, so I just, um, I hope I do it justice here. I, I, I'm sort of gushing about it. I mean, I just, I, it, essentially, uh, it's, if you're at all a fan of mythology, um, this is as masterful a, a, a modern interpretation of mythology as you've ever seen. And what I love about cartoonists like Rubin, and again, he's, he's of the Pope school is he recognizes that you can do amazing things in a, in a illustrated work that you can't do on the big screen that you can't do on a TV show that you can't do. And with just prose, I mean, this book is just massive and it's so graphically well-designed and you could just never do the stuff that he's drawing on any scale, unless you had like a $400 million theatrical budget. So, uh, it's just, it's just awesome. And man, oh man, I'm going to tell you, there's, ah, it's just, it's just the tour, the poor dude. I mean, Hercules really did have a lot of trials, man. And, and, uh, you know, um, it's just one after one, like throughout both books, uh, Chiron, the centaur is a mentor to, to Hercules. And then sort of towards the end of, of his life, he's kind of wound down. He's with a new wife now. Um, He's in, uh, Nafplio, which is where Chiron lives. Uh, essentially, uh, Hera fucks him again and, and drives, uh, Chiron insane. And so Chiron is supposed to be taking Hercules' wife across the water and she, all of a sudden he goes nuts and like he, he frugally assaults and like attacks her, which forces Hercules to come and, you know, and basically, you know, kill his, his, uh, you know, his, his best friend and mentor. And again, it's just, it's, it's all because of Hera's, uh, uh, machinations, right? And, uh, it's just like Hercules can't get a break, you know, for all of the great he's done for the world and how many times he saved the world and, and the people of Greece, he just can't get a break. Um, and, uh, it's, I don't know, it's just awesome. I, if you're a mythology fan, I just, I think this is a, a perfect comic book. So, so anybody that's, uh, that, that's, that's at all into this, man, you got to, you got to check this out. I love it. Yeah, I, I, you had me thinking about the uh, the whole um, comics versus film versus television. Uh, I think it's 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 a vision, a purest form of of an artistic vision is comics, sure. right? You you because you got a film, you can be, you know, an alpha male director like Tarantino. Or, um, you know, David Lynch, but even so, there's still a whole bunch of people 
in that shadow where comics you can have one david rubin and that vision is is pure as you know to use a an over overworked metaphor like driven snow it's absolutely and to your point and i, I don't know if i said this directly but it should this was written and drawn by rubin that this isn't right. yeah this is all his work is a uh you know a singular vision if you will so yeah, it also works sometimes against. Like if you have a creator that's not of the ability of David Rubin, then you know not so great. Sure. But when when it does click, it's magic. Absolutely. Uh, and if if you need any further testament to the man's brilliance, um, Craig Thompson does the intro, mm. and uh, Paul Pope does a big endorsement as well. And I have to say, uh, apparently, uh, Craig Thompson and I see the world in the same way because. As I'm looking here in in Craig Thompson's introduction, he says, "Like Paul Pope and Raphael Grampa, Rubin infuses his comics with pure rock and roll virility." So, see, yeah. he's, I'm not the only one to see it that way. <laughs> Me and Thompson are like this. Yeah. Tight, bro. <laughs> I love that. Tight. So, y'all got to get with the quickness. And uh, I, like I said, I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to. Um, uh, I don't want to bury the lead here, but uh, this will absolutely factor into our uh, our eleven O'Claskers. Uh, considering how how much you loved the first volume, I would I would be more shocked if it didn't make it on your list. Oh so. yeah, it, and this volume was better in the sense that um, there, there's because of the since this takes the second part of Hercules's journey again with the, but it also includes. I guess if you were doing this linearly, the part about Hercules is killing his family would have been earlier in the first volume, but they, he smartly chooses that as the lead into this one and then goes through the rest of the, 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 the trials and then gets to the end. So, so I, I just think there's, there's, there's higher highs and lower lows in this one because the trials escalate in difficulty, right? By, by definition. So you see the most difficult trials, and he's triumphant through all those. It's no spoiler, right? I mean, again, I, we're talking about thousands of year old mythology, so not spoiling anything. Um, and then, so he's successful in these, you know, these again, these Herculean trials. But at the same point in time, it's sandwiched between three different relationships: two with a woman, one with a man, but that have in their own each each distinct amount a level of heartbreak to each of them. You know, so is it? Uh, does this work? As a standalone story, or do you need to read the first volume? No, I mean, it does work in the sense that much like, I guess, if you were reading mythology, if you were just reading a chapter about any given trial, it would make sense into itself. But I will say, I do think it is book two of, 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 of two for a reason, which is to say that, um, they don't reset the, the issue of Hera or his brother and why he's kind of trapped in this mode where he has to abide his brother's every request and why Hera hates him. So, I mean, I personally think it'd be a much more fully formed and enjoyable experience to start with volume one and then go to volume two. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Hella awesome though, boys. I, uh, I <laughs> have the, uh, hella. <laughs> the, um, I have the first, I have them both actually in my, <laughs> DCBS sister site and stock trades wish list because the, um, they are not expensive at all. They are, they're discounted well below cover price. So, uh, I, I was thinking maybe I'll just wait till March, but the less I have to bring home, the happier I'll be. 
just as far as the plane goes. So I may actually order those real soon. You should. Or I, I was going to say, I mean, if you want to wait, then I could drop them off when I see you. But oh, that's cool. Either one. Whatever works. We'll figure it out. But okay. But uh, What's going on here? Huh? What's going on what here? You guys are now you're setting up dates. No, dude, Mark. Well, first of all, we've Sit. been trying Sit to fucking you, set dog. something up for. Oh, uh, all right, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, imagine, if, that imagine if we got to the city, you know, when, during the. But I anyway, want to do this. I want to do I it. What I want to do though is hear what you've been reading, Vince. You talking to me? I just said, Vince. Boo, come on. Are you talking? All right, like Jason. Uh, I don't see how this one cannot factor into my eleven o'clock yeah. And while we're on the subject, right? I was sure. Jason, tell them. We were doing it at the end of the episode. I know, but just, <laughs> we, just, we are doing it at the end, but I just want to remind them while we're on the subject that if, if you want to vote in our 11 o'clockers, you have two weeks to do it. Mm. No, you yes. gotta, right? you have to tabulate. You have one week to do week it. Week and a half. Week and a half to do yeah, it. We are all Saturday about the night decision. Midnight. Yes. At, uh, Saturday the 16th at midnight. Yes. You heard Eastern it. Time. Listen to that. Saturday the 16th at midnight is the absolute final cutoff. And the you easiest cannot... way to get to the voting, we have links all over the, the forum, our, our, our Facebook page. But if you're listening at home and you're not one to visit the forum or the Facebook page, and there's many, many thousands of you that fit that bill... Uh, the easiest URL to use is tinyurl.com. So it's T-I-N-Y-U-R-L.com backslash 11, the letters 1-1-O one, one, Kloskers. So tinyurl.com backslash 11-O Kloskers. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Yeah. Letters 1-1. One, one. Um, oh, did I say that? <laughs> the number is 1-1, one, one, sorry. Coming from him, that half, of all half people. a beer going right to my head. Oh, that middle light shit. Did you add up your letters today? I sure did. <laughs> um, I love this book a lot like I'm more an than Organian, my Organian uh, uh, rebel. Cutting along this. Yeah, when, that's true. Don't bring snacks. When it first came out, we all talked about it, and we all praised it to varying degrees. But the the this is the fourth. May the fourth final, be with you. Yes. Uh, and the book, as with, uh, as of this fourth volume, is nothing like the book we initially talked about. Started off in a, in a certain direction, fairly typical for this genre with, with mad sci-fi overtones, but with this last volume, the writer, Alesh Cote, took it in a place that I kind of saw coming with the end of the third volume, but not. I never expected it to go in the direction to which it did. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Zero. Yes, you are. This is volume four. Who by Fire, it's called. Who was that? Contains (laughs) issues 15 to 18. This is the last. Maybe we will, but I'm thinking we won't get any more Zero after this. Uh, So so does, does the book end? With it kind of looping back to the first volume, or did we already? Because I'm waiting for time. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should tell Are we you. Disregarding that. what happened at the beginning. Uh, okay. No, okay. no, 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 okay. no, no. Everything, everything has happened. 
Um, written, like I said, by Alesh Cote. Illustrated by Ian Bertram. Stathis Semberlidis. Robert Samelin. Tula Lotes in here. Oh, nice. Jody Belair. Nice. Uh, Clayton Cowles. Nice. Tom Muller did amazing, amazing graphic design. I think the presentation of the, the, the container for these stories is just as compelling as the stories themselves. That's, you anyone who has seen, um, the trade presentation for the Zero series immediately does not look like anything else on the stands. Zero. Doesn't. Um, and Jeff Lemire gets a nod simply for providing a variant cover. I would have gave him the nod too because it's a great cover. Um, and it was published by Image Comics. Okay. Um, we're all familiar, those who have read it, with the story of Edward Zero. Yes? Mm-hmm. Um, raised by the agency to do what needs to be done. Yes, various and sundry tasks. Raised from a child by the agency, um, everything he uh, loved was either taken from him or meets a, an untimely end. But in this final volume, um, Coat kind of. I put. It, I think this is a good analogy. He kind of scrapes at a good number of my brain barnacles. Like we all have brain barnacles, right? Those things that adhere to our consciousness over the years and absolutely refuse to budge. And and I, I've like Jason with his mythology. Like I've spoken of of my brain barnacles here many times. Mm-hmm. The big the big king barnacle himself, William S. Burroughs. Is there an author that I love more than William S. Burroughs? Hells to the now. Hells to the now. Allen Ginsberg. Art and magic. Magic as art. Art as magic. Alternate realities. Um, the Akashic Records. Psychomagic. Language as a virus. Patty Smith and horses. 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 The, the multiverse. Um, uh, alien spores. Like the story goes he he accounts for what has happened before but he takes it in a place like i said that i did not see coming william s burroughs and alan ginsburg are characters in this story wow yes and burroughs is shown typing at his at his plunkety plunk 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 typewriter and and exclamation points are streaming from the typewriter and he's writing the story of Edward Zero. Huh. And, and it's about, and, and the, one of the central themes of the story is the multiverse. Events happening, maybe simultaneously, but similar events. Like it's, it, he explains deja vu. You have deja vu, not because of some brain fart or a chemical reaction that makes you think you've experienced something before. You really have. Mm-hmm. Maybe in another body, in another dimension. And, he, uh, Burroughs is talking to Ginsburg and stuff comes out. Uh, Burroughs laments his relationship with his son. And then you have Zero sitting on that rise with the boy behind him with the gun. You remember that? Did you get to that part in the series where the boy confronts a scarred and beaten down Edward Zero sitting in the frickin' folding chair. Yeah, yeah. That boy. Uh-oh. Yes. 
mirrors, burrows, lamentations over somebody who matters to him or mattered to him. Mm. Um, the gun again plays a huge part because if you're familiar with the mythology and history of William S. Burroughs, Burroughs killed Joan Vollmer, which was his wife, in a drug-induced mm, kind of stupor. Or he was, let's just say Burroughs, as Burroughs was wont to do, was heavily affected by something. And he was playing William Tell with his wife, put a glass of, a shot of whiskey or something on her head, and he didn't mean to kill her, but he did. Right in the forehead. And that plays into the story as well. So you have a real life, honest to God, who was a flesh and blood artist determining the story of a fictional character and universe, which in turn determines the story of a flesh and blood artist and everything around him. It's, 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 it's insane, but it's crafty. It's clever, right? Um, the turn that the story takes was, if you remember the end of the volume three, we saw these gigantic mushroom, fungus, spore, blob, globular things on, on long, slender legs traipsing over the landscape. And the landscape is blown out and shattered and doesn't look like there's a whole lot, hell of a lot of people alive, right? It, think War of the Worlds only on a gigantic scale. And, and what the frig are these things, right? Uh, the agency was, was harboring something. They were nurturing something. Um, a black thing, a nasty, ugly parasite spirit that used human beings as a host. And it, it metaphorically, I don't know, maybe symbolically, but in the book, it takes the form as a black spider, spider-like creature. And it, it literally crawls into the body and amplifies man, and that's important. It's It, it doesn't have quite the effect with women, but it, it amplifies man's natural inclination for violence, murder, dark stuff of the soul, right? So what's the counterweight? What's what's the, the, the balance here? The balance is an alien fungus. And the two are in constant battle. Uh the fungus needs humanity in order to to perpetuate more of itself. The the, the black stain needs humanity in order to corrupt. And then you have William Burroughs and Allen Ginsberg in words across dimensions, plunk 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 plur poor John Vollmer, plunk plunk plunk, and Edward Zero what, what you, you need to experience this book because it's amazing and I don't see how touching upon everything I love in amazing fashion how could I not include this in my 11 o'clockers and the art is amazing and it's on each issue um, is unlike the ones that came before uh, in one part uh, Burroughs is talking to Ginsburg and he says something like, you know, something's up because the, 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 like the texture of the world is getting thicker, uh, smudgier. And when he says that, the art goes from 
fairly linear, albeit in a, in a, in a, like a Mobius fa- fashion where, where, you know, shadows are all line and, and not crosshatch, but just like littered with, with parallel and, 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 um, cascades of, of line work. There's a lot of line work in it initially, but when Burroughs says that, the art becomes thicker and smudgier. It's really cool. Like it, it, it's a, it's an easy touch, but it says so much, right? Mm-hmm. So is this world we're looking at is it the way Burl sees it or was it crafted by the artist as, as uh, a symbolic, you know, stinger or punctuation mark? And speaking of punctuation marks, you, you look at Burroughs plunking away at his keyboard and the, the exclamation points are f- flying out and they're going behind his back. They're littering the room. Um, and it, it's, I wish I had the acumen to, to properly frame this book and everything that's going on in it. There are certain things in here that you can't articulate. You feel them. It's a story of the multiverse and and uh, sequences and, and uh, different situations occur and, and you're left wondering, where is this happening? Is this real? Is this is this an effect of, of what's going on with with um, this this spore thing like you just need to read this it is it's absolutely incredible and like i said when it started we had edward zero over in what was it israel taken was it israel i think so or uh, palestine whatever taken out this uh cybernetically enhanced soldier Mm -hmm. i mean not mundane by any stretch but a hell of a lot more mundane than what's going on in this volume i almost think that were it not so skewed to my sensibilities that I would consider this last volume maybe a bait and switch. Maybe. But I'm blind to that because he's speaking to me. He is. This is all the stuff I love in in one book, right? Um, Except for titties. And well, there's a, there's a dick. There's a dick. Well, you um, love that too. We see copulation in it. You love it. And, um, it, it, the 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 alien parasite started with Cain and Abel. That's how long it's been on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just amazing. It's it's an amazing amazing book. Um, I heavily, heartily, strongly suggest that you read this friggin' thing, not just once, because it it it, it merits multiple multiple rereads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great great stuff. Um, Coat is sometimes hit or miss with me. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, when he's weird, he hits. Um, I, Winter Soldier, I thought, not Winter, um, yeah, Bucky Barnes, Winter Soldier, I thought was great. Yeah. But it was strange. It was strange for a Marvel book. Cause he's playing with a, a, a bunch of concepts like, that really didn't have, um, but from other, our, um, writers' standpoints, a, um, a purpose in, in Bucky's universe right defender of the wall yeah yeah and 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 wild children that was great i didn't read wolf i want to but when he's really really strange or or when he's when he's in his zone i think he's one of the best let's just put it this way love grant morrison this is grant morrison without all the bullshit yeah it's pure concept which morrison is too but 
you, I don't, I, I can't perceive an ego in this thing. Mm-hmm. Like when I read Morrison, sometimes it's just like, aren't I clever? <laughs> there's, there's none of that here. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's cheap. Um, contains, like I said, issues 15 to 18, 1499. We got it for less because we're in the zone with DCB service, right? Indeed we are. Yeah, we are. So there you go. Respect. Nice. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I, I closed the cover. I was like, what the hell did I just read? <laughs> he's, he's talking to me. This, this is amazing. Uh, I know that I, I let, I let the issues pile up and, and they, uh, now that I know that there's an end in sight, I'll, I'll probably just hunker down and, and bang them out. I'll probably go back from the beginning. Speaking of banging. Yes. So this way. There, there is, there is, it is not without its happy moments. Let's just put oh, that's it that good. way. Yeah. So I got more stuff, but I want to hear from David. Do you? I do. Uh, I got a couple of, um, I guess, uh, quick hits. Um, I, uh, because I ordered them and they came, uh, I read. That's a ringing endorsement. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, because Jason and I read the first issue already. We're like, yeah, I think I'm done. Uh, but I did read issues two and three of James Bond. By, oh, does it get, does it get better? Uh, yeah, because there's no, well, there, it, it gets better because there's no more cafeteria scenes. Okay, good. But that's there, a, that's an improvement right there. There are like, Two or three pages in the second issue devoted to fucking coffee because uh, James, James shows up at, at the, uh, where he's supposed to go, hangs out with the other, uh, agents and, um, he, they offer him coffee and he's like, well, I don't know what kind of, you know, I don't know what kind of beans you guys are grinding out here, but it's like, it, I'm like, okay, there's something, man, I, this would be, Fucking painful to watch if it was actually happening in a movie. And I'm and saying, I, what happened to the <laughs> martinis and hot women on the beach and car there's, chases, dude? Like one cool would scene. Would you grind your own? I mean, it's like wow. And I'm and he's, impressed. he's impressed by by uh, by how good the coffee is. And I'm like, well, that's that's some deep shit. So the uh, the 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 second issue kicks off with him uh, landing. He gets picked up. Uh, he's going by the name Hutchin because that's, uh, 008's number, or is it 006? Okay. 008's number that, uh, so he's, he's exacting revenge for his fallen comrade and, uh, so he's trying to, like his, like M said in the first issue, you're going to, uh, take over for your boy. So he shows up, he gets picked up at the airport, uh, and the, the, the woman, there's a driver and the woman is sitting in the back seat with him. Basically, she's just getting information out of him. It turns out that she is actually the enemy and she's trying to kill him. And it's a good thing he explained it later, a couple of pages later, because the art didn't really, uh, stress that he was going into his coat to pretend he was going for his gun because he can't travel with it. She got scared. And ran out of the car and, and because during the attack, he's kicking the, the driver's seat. So the driver careens off the road, ends up getting killed in the accident. 
And, uh, so when the car stops, Bond is about to go for his gun. She runs out of the car and Bond just basically takes his luggage out of the, out of the trunk and walks to, uh, I'll call it a safe house, but, but walks to where he's supposed to be meeting these people. Um, and because he basically explained everything that happened in the first few pages of the issue, it now makes sense what, uh, what, what masters was trying to convey on the page. And it just, it wasn't as based uh, the layouts, the scenes, the, the, the angles that masters, I think utilized didn't really, um, work well in, in explaining the story visually. So, uh, the third issue, we get a bit more action. Uh, there's, there are these, we, we get back to the drugs briefly, but primarily what's going on are, um, amputees are getting, um, prosthetics and, and they're, they're basically the bad guys. And it's, I'm still waiting for it to kind of come together. I don't know if I'll, actually, I don't know if I'll be waiting for it to see if it, it all comes together, but it action wise, it, it ramped up since the first issue, but it's still, it, it's, it's still a, a slog. It, it's slow going and it's, I, I don't, um, and I'm, I'm sure Ellis has, has much respect for the source material. Um, could you tell by but the, I, I, yes, because I, the, the way Fleming's novels, they, they, uh, they told the story, you know, you watch any of the Sean Connery movies, they're, they're not really, um, sticking to what Fleming wrote. They're, they're, they're adapting it. I mean, they're, they're using some of the characters, but, um, you know, Bond was never really with the gadgets, with the, the car shooting missiles and, and, and the watch that can, you know, throw out a grappling hook and, and it just, the, the gadgets weren't, weren't really flying in in the book so the movies decided to to run with that and 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 they were nifty and they were neat and uh which is why they kind of scaled back with with the daniel craig stuff because and and craig looked more like the bond from the books because because bond is not a pretty boy he's not he's not pierce brosnan he's not roger moore he's not sean connery that's that's not daniel craig's a good looking guy he is but he is he's the he's a rugged looking guy he's he's a guy that that yes you know he you would you could see daniel craig going out and and chopping wood in the winter you really can't see roger moore doing that no no so so you know there's just there's there's a way you carry yourself and and you and and you're also supposed to blend in a little bit you're not supposed to really kind of stand out but oh look at that good looking guy that's not that's not how spy works so um so yeah so i i i get where ellis is he's he's I was saying he's more faithful, I think, to the source material than the early movies ever were. And I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if, if Varger is an actual Fleming book. I didn't, I didn't do the research on that. So I don't know if, if he's adapting something that Fleming did or if he's taking an idea from somewhere and running with it. It, it, there are aspects of James Bond in the book, but it's not. So I, I've, I've read James Bond books. I've watched James Bond movies. I've seen documentaries and, when I read this comic, this is the least to me 
James Bond feeling thing I've experienced. So it's, it, it might be a neat story, but it, there's, there's nothing about it that, that screams James Bond to me. Do you think Ellis, uh, takes it upon himself to, to see how far he can pull the wool over publishers' eyes? Like, I'm going to have some fun with these blokes and get paid for it. I, no, but he, that's Ellis's approach. Like, yeah, I know what you're you saying, know, yeah. when, no, he, he, he seems to revel in the fact that he does not give readers what they want on certain projects. He always, you know, it's, Black it's, Summer now. No, it's almost hypocritical of me to say that because I love things that are against That's the grain true. and from, and from left field, but like ruins, that thing he did for Marvel. Oh, right. Yeah. I, was anyone expecting that? Mm. You know, it's just it 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 seems like I know he likes saying, to I mean, he likes to go in and piss in the yeah, in the sandbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah it feels bit. like he's got stuff that he likes to do, right? Like for his, his own self, and then he's got stuff that he gets collects a paycheck with, right? And which is okay, right? Well, collecting a paycheck is okay, but I think my issue I have with Ellis is that, as you're alluding, I think more often than not, it almost feels like he's like, all right, well, I'm collecting a paycheck for this, so. He's taking the piss. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, you know, like, and and to be frank, nothing David's saying about issues two and three make me feel like no. I made a poor decision <laughs> in stopping after one. No. But, you know, it's one of those things where I remember when they announced this, I thought, well, this is hype, right? I mean, you got Bond comics and Warren Ellis wants to do this. Like, this could be really awesome. Because we know that Warren Ellis, when he's motivated, is capable of brilliance. Yes. He's truly brilliant. Oh, absolutely. So, I... And I think because we know he's capable of brilliant work, uh, when I read that first issue, I'm thinking like, to your point, Vincent, like, well, this dude is clearly fucking with us. Like he's, he's thinking to himself, like, I'm going to make Bond boring and we'll see like how that, like, I, like honestly, I mean, why, why should Bond be in a cafeteria eating a sandwich? Why should he be talking about coffee? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, that's not what makes Bond cool. So yeah, anyway, it's true. Yeah, it is very true. Anywho, uh, although when he when he and and if you if you look at his catalog, the highs are all stuff that he's created. Yeah, no, it, you're you're absolutely right. I, that's why if but I'm looking over his resume, and I would think he could definitely do something pretty spectacular with James Bond. And you know, it's I've it's not like I read really a lot of the old James Bond strips. Or, or, or the comics from way back when from, from England. So it's not, I, I bought this mostly because of Ellis. I'm a James Bond fan, but I'm like, fuck, like Jason said, Warren Ellis is going to write James Bond. How can that be anything but the hotness? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you why, but it's, it's just, I, I don't, I, he's, his stuff that um his his creator own stuff is probably the the top. It's it's yeah, I mean I, yeah. I starting starting with Transmet and, and, and working your way down. Yes, I and and I, I respect Transmet. I, I, I didn't read the whole series. I, I like what I've read and I, I get why it is so special. Um and why the people who, who rank it above everything else rank it above everything else. But that's, that's not the, um, that's not what he gets the gold medal for for me. Uh, um, what is? Oh, it would, um, 
planetarian than uh, global frequency. Yeah, both great. Oh yeah, right? yeah, mm-hmm. of course. But Doctor Sleepless, uh, Gravel. I mean, I like the stuff that Ellis comes up with. It just seems like when he's on something that he something he's borrowing. That he just, you know, takes it in stride. Well, you know, New Universe, there are some things that you just know were a paycheck. Now, I didn't read all of his Doom 2099 stuff, uh, but, you know, I read New Universal. I, I read, um, I, I think Jack Cross is, is extremely underrated and I know yeah. people tend to throw that word around without knowing what it actually means, but there aren't a lot of people who ever heard of Jack Cross, let alone read it. So, and, and adds in DC universe series from from a few years ago um uh, just to comment on your doom 2099 it was by far the best of the 2099 books well maybe neck and neck with peter david okay but again that's not really saying much is it but it's also it, it, it's also as far as american readers go early ellis right and his excalibur stuff was pretty good yeah yeah. Um, but there's, there's just, and he seems to be the only dude who's still just, even, even if the rest of the line, or not even the line, but if anything, everything else from the publisher is all with the standard all caps lettering, an Alice book is definitely going to have that, 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 that ultimate universe standard <laughs> lowercase lettering because it, it's, it's in James Bond. It's in everything that he writes, regardless of the publisher. And even, and just and even if it's and and even after he leaves a book, because uh, Wood and and Bun had to stick with that lettering even after they took over Moon Knight. <laughs> right. Why does that Why does that confront you? What? So, uh, lowercase. Oh, it doesn't. No, I I'm not I'm not put off by it, but it just it it stands out more, and for me, not in a good way, just because it's like. Everything else is is pretty much uniform. It's conversational. It's it well, yeah. I mean, and it's and it's fine. It it's it makes the book look and feel and and somewhat read differently. Um, although oh, I I would add Moon Knight to, to some of his recent stuff that that is for a company that I still enjoyed. It's not like he was. I don't I don't think he was phoning Moon Knight in. No, I don't think so. Um, but I, I'm not. I, the lettering is the last thing. That Ellis does that would get me to not buy a book. There are other things that would that would get on the list before that, but it's just it's still just something that stands out. If if it didn't happen, then it wouldn't it wouldn't even be an issue. But it just it, it seems to be it's an Ellis book. You're going to have the 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 modified lettering, right? I'm a fan of the, of lower lowercase in in the right. Circumstance, yeah, absolutely. And this is not, it, it, this isn't, you know, a super, a superhero knockdown drag out fighting book. It's, it's mostly people just talking and, and except when the artist is trying to tell the story, but it's, it's mostly, um, you know, if you're just, if it is mostly just conversations, then, then fine. You don't, you know, you, you don't have to make it look like everybody's shouting. Good point. No. Jason, you want to go? Because if you don't, I got something else. Well, I'm always ready to go, but you're clearly chomping at the bit. <laughs> no, I'm not. Not really. Not I really. mean, I, I can wait my turn. What do you got? <laughs> um, 
Uh, I got another uh, little OGN up in this piece. Look at you. Yeah. It's the OGN extravaganza. Uh, this is a small one uh, by First Second. Oh. Which, uh, as you know, I am I am ever increasingly a fan of. Um, it's called The Divine. Uh, art by Asaf Hanuka and Tomer Hanuka. Written by Ooh. Bose Lavi. Uh, it is a 19.99 cover price. Um, it basically it is a story of two guys um, that are asked um, by a quasi government agency to uh, go to the uh, Southeast Asian country of Quan Lome, which is obviously a fake country, but uh, it's evocative of, uh, of 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 you know Cambodia or Vietnam or something of that setting. Um, Mark is the protagonist and he's ex-military. He's a, uh, an ordinance expert. Uh, and he's working for an energy company in Texas with a, uh, a wife and a, and she's pregnant and, uh, he's trying to make good. Uh, he's hoping for a big promotion so they can move to Dallas and, uh, he doesn't get it. Um, so he's kind of bummed about that. Meanwhile, uh, one of his old military buddies, um, this guy, Jason, would, would, uh, approaches him and says that he's got a gig for him, or if he goes to Quan Loom with him, um, to help blow up a, uh, a giant abandoned mine. Um, he'll, he can make, you know, more money in two weeks than he would make at his job in, in, uh, in a year. And Mark's a pretty conservative dude and, you know, long since put his military life behind him. So he's not really into it at first, but again, with the pressures mounting of the baby and the wife and everything, he, he decides to go ahead and do it. Um, and so they head over to Quan Lone, where Jason has assured him it's going to be easy and easy out. But of course, it's never the case, right? It's never the way it's supposed to be. And as it turns out, that the, the country of Quan Lone is undergoing a, a very massive civil war, and they get caught up in that. Uh, and at the same time, well, the book in general is very much grounded in the realities of of, of what a, a civil war would be like in a small country, and uh, the puts and takes of of that. It's it's. It's got a, a, a mythical, magical component to it, which is the neat conceit here, um, where uh, the spirits of, of ancient warriors uh, are able to come to life here and fight on the side of the people, uh, as well as giant dragons and all sorts of other cool things. So it's essentially a journey that that eventually leads to, to Mark um, essentially taking the side of, of, of the innocent people uh, which pits him then against uh, the, the the rest of the crew from America that he came with, who were essentially mercenaries. Um, and it's this it's this fascinating story, and I I wanted to bring it up because two weeks ago when I was last on, we talked about two brothers by the the the, the brothers Ba and Moon, and I mentioned how disappointed I was in that book because I just even though it was well crafted, I didn't connect at all with the characters. I could really I could care less about anybody that was involved in the story. And it's just the opposite here. Uh, these, um, Lavi and the Hanukas, uh, really do, uh, create a world where you care very much about Mark, care very much about his circumstance, about the, uh, the, 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 the people of Quan Lom that he befriends and tries to save. Um, you come to really hate Jason and his compatriots. Uh, so it was a, a complete juxtaposition of the way I felt about two brothers that, you know, this is a book where I, I, I generally rooted for the heroes. I rooted against the, the antagonists and, uh, and felt the pain of the innocents when they were, um, put.
put under pressure. So um, it's it's a it's a, a super cool book that I I kind of came out of nowhere. It was it was on a uh, a number of best of lists, and I hadn't heard of it until then. So I, I bought it on a whim. But uh, but it's it's a quick read. It's it's a digest sized book, full color. But um, but again, a relatively small book. It's a uh, hundred and fifty pages all in. Um, and the art is, um, I'd like you to see the art, Vince, because it, it, it may be the kind of art that you dislike in that it's very delicate. Clean. Yeah, very, very clean. clean and delicate. Um, almost like <laughs> cell animation. Oh. Um, you, you would, almost like Bakshi, like, almost like you're looking at scenes from like a Bakshi, like, like cartoon or like a, hmm. like a metal hurlant, like, movie adaptation or something, but not okay. like, but not, you know, the, the cleaner side of the metal hurling stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I thought he- the heavy metal movie was too clean. Like that's what I'm show. saying. So, yeah. so for me, I like it a lot, but, but, but I don't know that this is necessarily the art arts necessarily up your alley. Um, but some really, really cool stuff, uh, especially the mystical stuff that kind of comes out of nowhere. It's, it's, it's kind of like in the first season of game of Thrones where, they make reference to all these things like dragons and other mythical things. And you don't know if it's just lore until you find out that it really is there. And what makes it powerful is that it's not, it's not a world that's so defined by magic and mysticism that you take it for granted. The fact that it's so rare, it, the fact that you don't see it very often makes it seem all that much more special. That's what it's like here. I mean, most of the book is essentially these, these paramilitary guys trying to do a mission in a war torn country. So when you see these bits of magic and mysticism, they feel very important, and uh, which is very well done. And they they use this very interesting muted color palette, like lots and lots of different shades of green, and then lots of shades of red and pink, um, mm. that 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 work well against one another. And it's uh, it, but they're very muted, almost very cool, a very cool palette. Um, so uh, yeah, I love this book. Came out of nowhere. Know nothing about the creators before this. I don't know if Hanu- the Hanukas or or Lavi have done other comics. Um, I will find out. But uh, but in the meantime, uh, if if you want to wash away the taste of a disappointing two brothers, then I would recommend go ahead and, <laughs> oh, and uh, no. give this a try uh, by oh, first second. Oh my goodness, the divine. So my goodness, mm-hmm. I'm bringing it. <sighs> you do. Mm-hmm. You throwing down. Yep. I'm gonna throw down. A trio from one of my favorite creators. Uh, one on the book, uh, he created two issues and two on the book he is helping out with. Who am I talking about? Who publishes the book? Oh, if I tell you, I'll get an image. Well, then it would be Eric Larson. It is Eric Larson. Oh my goodness. Uh, I want to talk about Savage Dragon 209 and 210. 209, by design, was probably the most uneventful, mundane issue in the entire Savage Dragon run. I'm being facetious. Um, hyperbolic, maybe, whatever. But, like I said, it's by design, because Larson is a crafty bitch. It's a wedding issue. <laughs> Remember the uh, little escapade that Malcolm 
and Maxine and Angel yes. and Tierra were involved in where Maxine got pregnant and Angel got pregnant and Tierra said she got pregnant. Malcolm gets everybody pregnant. They should call him Savage Dick instead of Savage Dragon. Um, and Tierra was once married to Frank Darling. Junior, not senior. The, the, the police, uh, lieutenant was senior. Frank Jr. kind of grew up with, with Angel and, um, Malcolm and it was married to Tierra. Knows she's a little bit crazy. They have a daughter. Daughter's in the wedding. Um, there's a little bit of confrontation with Maxine's parents. They're not entirely happy that, that Maxine is marrying Malcolm. Uh, they're Chinese as well. They don't say much, but their eyes kind of speak volumes and their silence does too. But I mean, this is, it's a wedding issue. There, there, there's things in here you wouldn't, you would expect to see. There's the, the pre-wedding jitters and the, uh, you know, the, the, the speeches and the, and the toasts and the vows and the kiss and the dancing and the bouquet and everything. And it, it you know, it, 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 it's having read every Savage Dragon comic published. I enjoyed it, but I'm like, Oh, Eric, where are you going with this? Okay. I was just, you know, this is a lot of pages to be, to spend on, on Malcolm's wedding. But the payoff, and it was carefully conceived, after the wedding, you know, Malcolm's a celebrity, he's a superhero. He got married right out of, right out of high school and he's getting married. The paparazzi are going to cover this. And so, um, as Malcolm and Maxine fly away to their honeymoon, it cuts to the, 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 um, the train, uh, Chicago train, and there's a bunch of girls in there. And they're like, oh, damn, Malcolm's taken. My God, he's such a hunk. Oh, I don't believe it. Maxine, you know, she got him and now he's off the market. And oh, it sucks. And, and they say like, who's on the train? But Tierra. And, and she's sitting by herself in the corner and they're like, did you see who was on the train? It was Tierra, Malcolm's old girlfriend. She must be really upset that like her, for- I'm sorry, that like her, her boyfriend's now married, blah, blah, blah. And as they they walk off the train, Tierra, you know, she has time before she dies to shed one final tear as Malcolm's baby erupts from her belly. The a fist like like the chestburster scene from Alien pl- just punches right out of her belly, rips her apart, puddles of blood everywhere. The umbilical, the the baby is crawling from her lifeless body, and because it's a dragon spawn, we know that as as was evidenced by the daddy's transformation back to emperor Kerr, like that's the nature of these beings they're not peaceful by any means right emperor Kerr was a prick savage dragon aka emperor Kerr, was a prick mm-hmm. he didn't we didn't know he was a prick in issue one right. when, when he when we found him in that burning field because everything he knew he forgot so he had to relearn existence and who he was but he never really figured out who he was until 
the regeneration thing when he regenerated back into his previous existence, right? Complete with all the, you know, the warlike, brutal, barbaric tendencies that these beings have. So the baby is, is crawling and the umbilical cord doesn't snap and it drags her through the subway, down the stairs, out to the street and and she's be, she's dead and the baby is dragging her it is fucking amazing <laughs> and it's like it, it wouldn't be that amazing if it was surrounded by superheroics and fights and battle like typical larson stuff right that he does so f- very very well but because the issue was so low key this scene was even more impactful and and shocking right this this is a great comic creator. This is not just comic creator. This is a great writer. This is a great craftsman who who knows, who lulls you in with this borderline boring. I mean, it's a wedding. I hate weddings, right? There's only you you do certain things at a wedding and you don't you, you know, you go, you eat, you dance, you fart and then you go home drunk probably, right? But th- I mean, this issue was really good. Because of this one scene, and it's only like three pages tops, I think. One, two, three. Three pages. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and then Malcolm, the last page, Malcolm's on his honeymoon, has no idea. But in issue 210, the body's taken to the morgue, and who sees it but Frank Darling Jr., who now knows that there's a dragon baby. Baby. On the loose. And Larson is gonna milk this bitch for all he's worth. I know it. And I expect it. And I want it. I want this. See, this makes all that stuff with the, the sexual ex- escapades of teenagers kind of worthwhile because now we got a violent, confused baby. dragon baby on the loose. That's great stuff. Good stuff. I, I, I love my savage dragons. But anyway, um, and I also have Spawn, number 259. Yeah, you do. Do you? Er- Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane, doing what they do best, making great comics. I, I wasn't all... <laughs> Shut up. I wasn't all that thrilled with 258, if you remember. Oh, we did. It was, mo- it was mostly wordless. You know, um, the rapper on this is that um, Al's not pleased because Satan has Wanda. And he's, he is doing not, not nice things to Wanda. Wanda died. She was put in a position where, uh, by intent, she died and went to hell. Now that, now Satan's got her. And what Satan really wants is he wants the symbiote, the costume. Because maybe somewhere along the line, Satan made a mistake and imbued the symbiote with way too much power. It is said in this issue that the costume is pretty much the most powerful thing ever to come out of hell. And Al has it. He does. So, um, this issue is basically, uh, one long, amazing, gigantic fight. Now, last issue, Al dispatched thousands of zombies just to deliver a message to Satan. I'm coming for you, bitch. And you better be ready. Uh, this issue's more of the same. We get a little bit of, 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 uh, one form of Satan brutalizing Wanda. Uh, but meanwhile, 
Al's doing what Al does, and he is just destroying the opposition. There's one point where these hordes of 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 demons are just like, yeah, we're gonna let you go. Do what you gotta do. We're not gonna stand in your way because you're gonna destroy us, and we kind of don't want that. We we're comfortable in hell doing what we do, and if we stand in your way, you're gonna. We've seen it. You you, you eviscerated this gigantic beast. Oh, it's amazing. Larson and McFarlane, yikes. Two titans in one book. There's double page spreads in here. Um, but, but basically the, the culmination of even Satan is worried because as he's fighting Al, Al's kicking the shit out of him. And Satan's, um, idea of trying to get the jump on him is to grow really, really big. Like that's what he does. He, he, he makes himself gigantic. And it, it still doesn't work, but his bargaining chip is Wanda. And he confronts Al. He says, hold, he's holding Wanda, like Satan takes many forms in this issue, as Satan is wont to do. Um, he's holding Wanda by the, by the hair and she's all, you know, scraped up and scarred. She's not looking too good. Huh. Uh, and, and, and Satan's like, all right, here's your Wanda. You want her back? Here's the deal. I give you Wanda. You give me the costume. Huh. And, and Al's like, hmm. Oh, shit. I don't think so. Because he knows that if he removes him, if he divests himself from the symbiote, whether or not Satan made a pact is irrelevant. He is going to get annihilated if he removes him. If he, if he separates himself from the symbiote, he's dead. And so is Wanda. Al's smart enough to know this. You don't bargain with Satan. He's Satan. <laughs> it's like, what? Like he's not gonna turn on you? Of course he is. Um, so he's like, yeah, you keep her. Costume's mine. And Satan, the very last thing he says, you've just declared war. And this is part one of the Satan Saga Wars. Spawn is back on the map, bitches. Woot woot. Yeah. So good. So, slow start. And I was, um, a naysayer. Saying these two gigantic egos aren't going to be able to work together. Mm-hmm. I don't know for how long, but I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts, baby, because this is the best Bond has been in about a decade. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you know, Kodransky <laughs> was on it for fucking oh, years, yeah. and it was it was <laughs> unread. I can't. Don't ask me what happened during that time because I didn't read them. I bought mm-hmm. them, bagged them, put them in the box. I am disgusting for doing that but i gotta keep the run intact right wow. my spawn it's my book and 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 now bada boom carnage wall-to-wall demon killing chain flaying green disgusting ectoplasm spurting carnage and i love it i love it so much thank you guys i'm talking to eric and todd well they listen i'm sure they do i know eric does i don't know about todd uh-huh. Uh, well, I'm happy for you. Um, couple of second issues. Um, I'll go from the, well, I read Daredevil number two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, How was that? It's, it's more of the same. I don't was shit. Does, Oh wait, no! I saw saw Garney's work on it. Yeah, and you nailed it. It looks like Tree of Knowledge to me. (laughs) 
which is not a bad thing because I like that period. I'm not necessarily enamored with the costume, but I mm-hmm. like the, the visual presentation of that period. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't finish the issue because as of, uh, yeah, it, it, it starts off where it, it, it's like split screen where Matt is talking to his fellow prosecutors and, uh, Ten Fingers is talking to his, his cult, his gang. Uh, so. I love that villain. So, so uh, I'm about eight pages into it and, and, and Daredevil isn't in costume yet. And that's when I was about to say something about the costume when I realized that I didn't finish this issue. But the art is, um, it's still that, uh, monochromatic, um, look to it. The, uh, I mean, your colorist is, is Matt Miller, and, and I don't know if, if, obviously he can be credited with it, because there is some color on it, but it is not a, uh, a bright, colorful book. It's, it's, it's the anti, the complete opposite of what we had with, with Wade and Sami, which, which Jason and I explained last time. Um, so it's still continuing that story, and, and, uh, basically the bad guys are going after, uh, Billy Lee, the, uh, the witness that's in Matt's custody. Uh, I read Drax number two, which was pretty clever. It was, it was witty. It, it, it had some, uh, some fun and funny moments to it because Drax is, uh, his, the ship that, that rocket lent him. Uh, is in need of service. It basically crash lands on this planet at the end of the first issue, uh, shows up at a bar and, uh, <laughs> Terex shows up, but Terex has no kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to explain what, what's going on in, in the issue because it's, uh, I don't want it to, to, to ruin anything, but Terex is, is absolutely great in the issue. Uh, Scott Hepburn's art is still. Solid. I really like it. I, I think it fits fits Drax to a T. He may he he draws a kick ass Terex. Um Who's your favorite Herald of Galactus? And you can't say Silver Surfer because oh. he has he has elevated above Nova, dude. Really? Frankie Ray, yo. Yeah. It's uh yours yours too? No. Oh. No, my mine would be Terex because of the Fantastic Four book. Yeah, mine too. That 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 part that John Byrne did with Doom and Terax. And, oh fucking, my God. Fucking bent up. And yeah. Yes. Terax. Yeah, that, definitely. I mean, he's, I, the Fire Lord, really? You want the Q-tip fire guy? It's just. No, it's, come on. There's a lot to love about Fire Lord. <laughs> Visual presence. I mean, the guy commands attention. He's burning. Yeah. His baton is burning. You know, and he, she said, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, the, uh, but I, again, you know, it's, it's, and it, it, it's not like it was just an issue where, you know, that, that, that there's a senseless violence and, and Drax is just being Drax. There's, there's actually a story that, that Cullen and, uh, and Phil are, are telling with this. And it's, uh, I, I, I enjoyed the progression with the story and I'm, I'm looking forward to see where it's going. Squadron's Phil, go. You said Phil? Phil Noda? No, no, no. Phil, Phil Brooks, CM Punk. Oh. Sorry for my ignorance. No, Phil. For real. I don't, I don't know if that's true. I can bro. I don't know if, uh, I, 
the last thing I saw Phil Noto was working on was the Chewbacca miniseries, which I still have to read. Yeah. Um, and the third second issue, uh, was Squadron Supreme. Oh, yeah. And that. Chameleon's up in the house. Yes. I was like, oh, look at Horsey. They, uh, <laughs> it was, <laughs> so you have, you have Nighthawk versus, versus a chameleon. And, and, uh, it was, mm-hmm. it was interesting. But again, that last fucking page tying into every other guy. I'm waiting for the, dude, again, I know, I'm waiting, I know. I'm waiting for the Kenny Avengers right? to show up, to show up in Drax. Just God be lying around space too now. I just, this Avengers be, team is getting pushed everywhere. <laughs> It's crazy. Oh shit! But it's a say, say it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's <laughs> it's a. Uh, but I mean, up until that last page, there's some neat moments with Blur. Blur is all about this this world. Doc Spectrum, not so much, but because uh, she's got her own issues. But but Blur runs around to just take in everything. He he, he runs hither and yon, and uh, just wants to. Find out what this world is about. So I'm, I'm big in Blur, and and I'm sure part of that is because he's a carryover from DP7, and uh, not really feeling Power Princess or Zard or whatever you want to call her now. I, I I get it, and 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 with her powers and what she has to do, but uh, right now she's kind of the, the weakest link to me, and and I don't know. I'm I'm praying. I dig their hideout though. The hideout is awesome, and it makes sense, but I'm not sure if I'm. For some reason, I got to the Hyperion section of, of the issue and I just, I, I, I kind of shuddered a little bit because I, I had shades of JMS's Superman's grounded arc where he's just going to walk the land and, and basically it looks like, um, Hyperion's going to take this trucker's words to heart. And if you really wants to experience this great nation, you got to get a rig and just drive those roads. And I'm like, I, I don't, I, that's, I, yeah, the, the dude is just, you know, he's, he's, he's just a man out of place and, and he needs to get in touch with things, but it just, I, you have somebody like Hyperion and it didn't, and he's, he's, he's gonna basically roam the land. And I don't, I, I just, I guess I expect more with Hyperion, especially what, what they've done with him over the, done with the character or, or with the name of that character over the past few years. I, I'm sure it, you know, I, I trust Robinson uh, and I'm sure there's a reason for it. it. It's, it'll be different regarding this character if, if they go that route, but it just, it, it kind of brought the issue a little it, it, it slowed things down a bit for me and and once we got to the other characters once we saw more nighthawk opened and closed the issue but once we got to blur and dr spectrum i i uh i perked up a bit i i really i really like those characters the heavy hitters the the trinity not so much for me uh although i i really like this night i've always liked the max version of nighthawk uh but that was uh it was, and, and Kirk's, Kirk's and Neary's art is, is solid. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging, I'm digging the book, even with them cramming the Uncanny Avengers down your throat at the end of it. Um, and the last second issue was Mighty Thor, which was also good. It, it, 
Donnerman's art is fantastic. He's doing some crazy stuff with uh with the Bifrost and and the light elves and he's the the line work is is stunning and the backgrounds nothing is uh you know I'm kind of bummed that his that his original art is the way it is because it's both it's mostly like blue line pencils that I saw in New York yeah. uh yeah. it was if it was more finished I would absolutely love to own a page but uh Matt Wilson's colors really really work well with Dowderman's line work um but it and I and it but it's just there's absolutely no no Jane in this issue. It's all Thor. She's dealing with, um, with, with Cull and, uh, and helping out the, uh, the elves and, and Malekith is back. Um, I mean, not, not that he ever went anywhere, but there's, and, and Loki is, um, is getting ready to cause some mischief, of course. But I, the second issues that I've read over the past week have, uh, have all been pretty solid. Digital's a double-edged sword, man. Where? As far as, uh, income is concerned. Yeah, you know, digital's faster, less mess. Mm-hmm. You don't gotta buy supplies. It's all right there for you. You know, you just click a color, paint away. But, the guys that, um, make a substantial living from selling originals, you know, that's, that's very attractive. If you can get paid for making art and then get paid again selling that piece of, you know, prints are great. They're cost effective. A lot of people can get them, but there's that, like Jason, would you buy a print? No, come on, son. See, that's what I mean, right? You, you can buy a print for like, say, 30 to 50 bucks and you have a beautiful piece of art that you can put on your wall, but so do a lot of people have that beautiful yeah. piece of art. But if you can have a page, from a book that you particularly love, you have original art, you'll pay hundreds for that. Of course. So one page could equivalate, uh, be the equivalent, 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 word. I'm drunk. Equiv, be the equivalent. See, I, I did eat it all today. I had uh, nothing to eat all day and I'm drinking beer. friggin' beer. I'm on my third one. But anyway, um, you know, you can sell one page and make what you would have made had you sold 20 prints or, you know, print. So I, 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 I'm, I'm shifting gears on digital and, and, uh, physical artwork. Mm-hmm. I used to love the digital. Now it's, it's all about the physical. Well, make some money. I think it's whatever. I mean, I agree with you. I'm certainly from a art collecting standpoint, it always breaks my heart when I find an artist that I'm enamored with does things digitally. Um, on the other hand, I do think there's a trade-off. I mean, some guys seem to love digital because it allows them to uh, keep a regular schedule uh, professionally. True. You know, so like I mean, our buddy Mike Norton's digital. Yep. I think, and he does does great. Yeah, work. you know, and he's obviously very prolific, right? He's able to do what ten, twelve issues of Revival plus he didn't. You know, I mean, he he does more than twelve interior issues a, a year at a high quality, which is pretty unheard of. Very high quality. Um, so, you know, I guess it all, it all depends. I mean, I think the stuff Mike Del Mundo is doing is just incredible, but he's quasi right. He, he does some of it tr- traditional, but then he finishes it. And when I think puts the zest on it digitally and, um, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. It's I mean, okay. uh, but I'm with you. I mean, it's a bummer <laughs> that you can't, can't get the, the fully finished 
pages in the real in the real world. Yeah, I'm not a, a physical snob. Let's just call them what they are. You know, the, there are people that prefer the physical art, and there are people that prefer the digital for whatever reason. They're both very valid. They're, well, but I, and and I still state that that not every story needs to be physical. True. If if you're reading, you know, I I love. I love the form, but it's, it's not about, it's not about the package. It's, there are some things that absolutely are. I would, you know, I, it, it's, it's very hard to, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want the celestial edition of Godland in, in digital because there's pretty stellar looking. That's it, a great package. The same thing with Black Sad. There are just some books or right. the Parker books. There are just some things that, that should be on paper, but I, as far as a a, a space or, or cost saving standpoint, I, I wouldn't need every single. I, I don't. I don't need Drax or Daredevil on paper these days. No, I mean you're right. I, I as a reader and a consumer, I'm I'm enjoying digital quite a bit for that very reason. I I've fallen nicely into the. For years, I said I was going to do this, and I always balked. But I've fallen nicely into the pattern of reading a good chunk of things in issue form digitally. And then ended up, and then buying the collected editions of stuff that I truly enjoyed. Right. So, so that's stuff you want to keep. Yeah. Stuff you want to be able Absolutely. to walk up yeah. to the bookcase and pull right. off every six, six or eight months. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They, they were, and, and there, no, go ahead. Oh, there are some guys that would, that have a style that would completely crumble in, in digital. My poster child for greatness, Josh Bayer mm-hmm. would just, Digital would not work because the happy accidents and the, you, I mean, there's not an application known to man that can approximate the, the, the spit and spatter and scumble of, of the way he works. It's just not possible. Even, even, you know, you, you can get the, uh, I won't say where I get my, my brushes from Photoshop, but you know, you can't do it. It's just not built into the system. So uh, did, uh, digital is not an option for these people. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You can have everything you want. There's room for everything. Sure. Absolutely. All right. Don't you dare. <laughs> Don't you dare. I, <laughs> I was going there. I you knew it. You saw me tiptoeing. You can't do it yet. <laughs> you can't do it. Dude, don't make me laugh. Dude. <laughs> uh are you Marcus Buster's caught up on Deadly Class? No. No. God damn it. Every time I ask you this every month, you all say, say no. I read it in trade. How can I be caught oh, up? Crumb. What number are they up to? 17. I don't, 17. I don't know. I haven't read the last like three Let's trades. <laughs> Let's just say final exams do not bode well for our, our young people. Oh, man. lovely. The rats, as they're called, which are... The, the members of the school that uh, do not come from crime families, you know, so they're they're essentially not legacies. Right. The final exam is for all of the students to kill the rats. Oh shit! Oh boy! So talk about a melee. And what's unclear is what exactly happens to the rats who manage to survive in a given year. Do they stay at the school? Do they become like heads of the next year's class? Do they get ex- excommunicated anyway? 
But uh, yeah, shit's getting very real. Um, how about Bitch Planet no. number six? No. Okay. How about Ringside number two? Yes, I, I, I read Ringside number two. What'd you think? Mm, pretty bored by it. Yeah, I um, I I think I'm in the same boat. The but it's a wrestling magazine, isn't but, it? No, it's well, it's no. the I mean, wrestling, it's a wrestling is just too. a backdrop. Yeah, and he, they use oh. wrestling wrestling terminology, but I was, like, uh, but yeah, it's. I thought, um, you know, props to Keating for um, for reining in uh, the homeboys. Mood for vengeance, real quick, because it is his girl from from the Marines was like, "Listen, I own these guns; these are all mine. They're registered to me. You are not taking these guns and going on some shooting spree to get some dude who beat the shit out of you." And I was yeah. like, "That would have ended every fucking Bruce Willis movie since the '90s." It's sure. just there's just no way, um, <laughs> which was right. smart enough because now it's like now he has to come up with something else, and what. And then even that, he goes, he's, and, and he, so he hangs out with a bail bondsman with, with, with a skip tracer and, and he's like, stay out of my way, which he doesn't. And then he's like, you know, I need your help with this. And, and even homeboy's like, you know, it doesn't, it, it never works out the way you want. Just let shit go. And he was funny. He says, yeah, I'm looking for, uh, what do you say? Edward. And he goes, oh yeah, Edward. And he's like, no, man, I don't know. There's like a thousand fucking Edwards around this place, man. How am I going to know the one you're talking about? And, there were just every time you turn a page, you think it was going somewhere else, just based on other stories you've read or watched over the years, and and Keen just kind of switches it up on you. But uh, we still got he, the main character, still got where he needed to go by the end of the issue, and uh, we'll see how it goes. You know, and there was the uh, the the Vince McMahon analog. And, uh, it, it, I felt bad that, you know, the Al Snow dude was just like in it for like a few panels just so he could be bitched at by McMahon. And then, uh, and then we go back to, to the main plot. But I think that the book is too on the nose with the wrestling lingo because I, I like, I, I think unless you're a total wrestling mark, the, the, the stuff isn't going to, it's not going to make sense to you. It's not going to resonate. Yeah, but. Maybe that would smack of authenticity to other people. I don't, uh, I, well. You think he's just dropping the lingo just to say, yeah, I know what the lingo is? No, no, I think it's just the opposite. I think he is himself a, a, a well-known wrestling mark. And so he's, he's taking for granted that the terms of art he's using and the, the back office politics are stuff that people will just get and find. And, and again, as a, as a wrestling fan, I, I get it and I, I appreciate where he's coming from, but I, I don't know that it's, if the intended audience is broader than that, then I, I'm not sure that it's, it's, mm. it's going to hit home. But for me, um, it's, it's, it's the art for me that's I'm struggling with. It's very, very simple. I mean, it's very, very simple lines and, and that's frankly, true. very loose and jagged lines. And, you know, I, I, I have that universal rule I always apply, which is that I, I, anything I see done, if I think I could do it as well or better than, <laughs> then I have issue with it. And this falls, and, and very rarely do I see a comic book that I think, if I put my mind to it, I could replicate this, and, and this I feel like, which to me makes it not 
not of a caliber that that is typical of of an image book. So, no offense, but simplicity could be very deceptive. If you well, I mean, I, mean, I would ask you to take a look at the book because what I'm saying right. is this is not a hundred percent. I mean, but this isn't this isn't. Um, Again, I mean, this, there, there's there's plenty of guys with that do simple line work. I mean, you know, from a Matt Kent to a Jeff Lemire to this is not that. This is simplistic okay. in that it's, you know, this isn't Eduardo Risso. This is dude putting down a few lines to make figures, and there's just not a lot of not a lot of heart to it, not a lot okay. of detail to the backgrounds. I, I don't know. Just for me, it's it's not. This isn't Chester Brown, you know. Like it's I'm not seeing the emotion. I'm not seeing the so. Your mileage may vary, but I, I, I'm struggling with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't read either issue yet. Yeah. Um, like, trade waiting. Of course, you trade waiting on everything. Except for Valiant. Gotta keep up with the Valiant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> trade uh, wait on the Are Valiant. you guys keeping up with Twilight Children? I have read, what was the, I think I read the third issue. I was completely and utterly mystified. Really? By the third mm. issue, I, I, I know I, I had literally no idea what's going on, like mm. zero idea. I have no clue what's going on. Did you find it not as in a good in a good no, way? No, I, I mean I, I no. It's <laughs> frankly it's it reminds me of other stuff I've read from the brothers Hernandez. I'm oh well, that's uh, that's praise. No, for I, but but as but as you know, for me, I I I'm mystified by their popularity because I read their stuff and I'm like, huh. I'm like I, I don't I don't get it. It's so non sequitur. I, I like to be disoriented. You do. You may end up loving. I do. This. I I don't like to know. Um, I don't like to be assured of anything. Well, then this book is for you. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this way, great. when 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 Vertigo was putting out this this group of relaunch titles, I I um. I have praised them. I, I think they've done a phenomenal job of reinvigorating the, the imprint. And this would have been my odds-on choice to be the best of the bunch um, based on the quality of the creators involved before we got to see any of the issues. And for me, it's like one of the few that I really just am sort of nonplussed by. It, it seems like it's taken forever to end the first arcs on all these books because I I, well, I think I this look. is just a four issue miniseries. Yeah, this is just a mini. Okay. But yes. I, I every month I look to see if there's any trades solicited for these new vertical books and it's like, oh come on. Because you're you're so used to Marvel having two or three issues a month. These are actually monthly books from Vertigo. Right. Right, that's fair. Yeah, it's true. Um Jupiter's Circle Volume Two number one was hot though. That was good. Yeah. Alfredo looking good. Looks great. Picking up where he left off, um, getting a, a look back to when these heroes were at their early days and and their personal relationships and uh, yeah, I, I really I really dig that that uh, that's I don't know man Mark Miller man this is the year of the Mark Miller for me pretty much enjoyed almost everything he did this year so that's your creator of the year no no <laughs> not but uh, speaking of eleven o'clockers. Um, in going over uh, everything from this past year, I gotta say, I think Rick Remender has the best track record of of all the big name creators, like um, Secret Wars and Hickman. I think that's the Achilles' heel. Like Hickman has done great stuff this year, 
But for my money, I don't see. You can't give it to Hickman's here, even if you wanted to, no. because I'm not. Even, I'm not. even if even no, no, if he no. does what Secret Wars was cooking, the delays it's not just in Secret Wars, sure. but exactly. all of his creator-owned stuff yeah. has come out sporadically this year. I think Hickman it's started very off sporadically. But no, I mean, but look, I'm, East I of guess. West is still one of my favorite books. Don't get me wrong, but but the rest of right. his stuff, it's not even that I dislike the rest of his stuff. Um, I, I'm I don't I have not enjoyed where Secret Wars has gone, but. The rest of the stuff I, I enjoy, but it's just been very sporadic, so I, I can't. I just don't even but think. The, he, frankly, whereas most years he's in the running for me, he's not. I don't. He wasn't even a consideration for me this year. Right. And same with me. Yeah. But um, in 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 reviewing everything that came out last year, I was st- like Hickman. Um, Remender. sorry, Remender pound for pound. See, is is the most consistent. Now you're. You're just talking about his creator own stuff because yeah. if you're including yeah. Uncanny Avengers in there, then the average is skewed. Why? You didn't like that? I didn't love it. I thought it was great. Oh. Great as in better than everything. Well, better than the, the other team, Avengers seen, book. But, uh, well, no, the okay. other Avengers books at the time were by Hickman. Because it was leading up to Secret Wars. I just, his Deadly Class is awesome. Black Science. Is fantastic. I, I think Remender's creator Low, stuff awesome. is 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 amazing. You know, he may get the nod from me because of the left field approach to the Avengers. Uncanny Avengers is really not an Avengers book. No, it, it's it, well, it's so different. There's more mutants in it than Avengers, but the there's right. there were, I think the um, it 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 also it it, it, was, it was the fallout from. Uh, from schism, it was just there were just things that uh and, and the whole AVX thing. I enjoyed the first volume of Uncanny Avengers. I dug where some of that was going. And then you had the alternate future and the timelines, and and that was weird and wacky. Doom. And I was digging it. Um, Doom twenty nine. But then, yeah. But I think the second volume, I wasn't feeling as as much. So. You that, mean the, if you for like the planet X when they stuff? when they returned when when they when they returned the the new number one on after that first series ended. Um, if you forced me at gunpoint to rank the creators, I would definitely place Remender above Hickman this year or past year. For, yeah, for, for twenty fifteen, sure. yes. Yeah, e- even though you know um, Hickman was was grooving on on the Avengers books up until. Secret Wars, the delays with the image stuff and the the gaps between the issues. It's just what he does right. What he did right was was good, but I just think Remender consistently. Yes. There's a there's a consistent greatness to Remender that that I didn't see from Hickman this year. No um, argument there at all. Um, yeah. He I have not finalized my vote for those categories. Uh, you know, again, Remender is a guy that's almost always in the running for me on that. Yeah. And that front, yeah. so I, I mean, but I, I don't, uh, uh, but I, I guess we'll, we could save the discussions for if, if I choose them, I can get, but, but I, I don't think I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm not sure I agree with David on this one. I, I enjoyed the Uncanny Avengers this year for Pikmin and I, I definitely enjoyed, uh, Hail Hydra. Um, yes. Yeah. No, you're right. The cap I, stuff. I dug the cap stuff. Um, yeah. And yeah. then I so think the trio of low, low deadly class and uh, black science continue to be three of my favorite image titles. So fantastic books. Yeah. yeah. So 
he's definitely up there. I'm not sure he's going to get it for me, but uh, but he's up there. And and all kidding aside, I mean, I I, I don't think it's going to go Mark Miller, but the fact that I'm consider I would that he's on a short list when I made my initial short list, I is is sort of saying something for me. I, I, it's a big jump, I, yeah. Because you would he if I if we said hey, what about Mark Miller? Like in previous years, you'd be like, yeah, right, okay. Well, I've never been as anti Mark Miller as Dad. But, uh, true. But, it's but, but true. I have also yeah. never, I've never professed to think of him as one of the best in the business either. But I've dug, I've dug what he's been putting down this year. Just his minis. I, I just, I don't know. I've, I've liked, I've liked them. Yeah, I've liked them just being short contained stories. And I know the skeptic says he's just banging these out for movie deals. And I get that. But, but ultimately judging the work itself, I've enjoyed them. And he's been, he's benefited by having very good creative partners for the most part. True. So true. And when will these 11 o'clockers be taking place? They will be taking place, uh, two weeks from today. Um, so those listening, probably listening on the 7th, but we will be recording our 11 o'clockers on Wednesday, uh, January 20th. Uh, but as David alluded earlier, we need you to get in your votes absolutely no later than, let's say, Saturday the 16th so that, uh, we can tally them. Um, although hopefully tallying them will be much easier this year because of the uh, online voting form that we have, which uh, does put everything into Excel right from jump, which is great. Um, but either way, uh, so you've got roughly 10 days from the time you're listening to this episode, if you listen to it the day we, we post it. Uh, and that uh, that day will also be the day, or that episode will also be the episode when we do what, Vince? We will be announcing the winner of the... 11 o'clock comics 2016 iTunes art contest. Yes. So if you have, I mean, the competition so far is stiff. We got a lot of very, very amazing entries, but there's still time. If you are artistically inclined, uh, and would like to take a stab at winning, um, now remember your art will be featured on the iTunes art for every episode from the 11 O'Clockers episode on, including the 11 O'Clockers episode, because we'll be announcing it then, so I'll include it in that one. If you want to be seen by everybody that listens to this here dog and pony show, enter now, or quickly, soon, is what I'm trying to say. If you want to get in, do it now, because we got a lot of really cool entries so far. Yes. I mean, there's some stuff that's just like, uh, how can, uh, th- three in particular, I'm like, I, there's no way I can pick, but I'm going to have to. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. We're in an Very enviable good. position. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to stack the deck against you. You do have a chance to win, but you best do it soon because we got, like I said, we got some really amazing, uh, pieces of art in. Woot woot. Yes. And this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, your family, all your friends, and your pets, so they choose, can get the absolute lowest prices on your comics and collectibles, such as from Dynamite, Lords of the Jungle, written by the amazing Karina Becco, artist uh, Roberto Castro, Alex Ross did a decent cover. Mm-hmm. Number one will cost you a dollar ninety nine. ANA, Archer and Armstrong, ooh, from Valiant. Number one will cost you one dollar and fifty nine cents. That's sixty percent off cover price. And from IDW, 
another Godzilla miniseries. Yay, Oblivion, one of five, one ninety nine. Should you choose to uh, be a DCBS customer, discountcomicbookservice.com, in your travels. I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all. I'm going to be pretty blatant. Read Valiant. I I got caught up. I read caught up the as you've de- never been behind. The Death Defying Doctor Mirage, Second Lives Number One, by Jen Van Meter and Roberto De La Torre. I'm not going to say anything about it because David has not read it yet. Amazing stuff. Um, well, maybe I'll say something about it. Something. Yes. Juan is still a ghost. What? And um and uh Shan Fong and Huen need something a, a scroll in order to pull Huen from the ghostly realm into the physical realm and it doesn't go well. It's not easy. Things happen, there are, are obstacles in their way. Amazing stuff. I read number one in forty minutes. It took me 40 damn minutes to read this issue. It is very dialogue heavy, um, but not to its detriment. It was really exciting. Very good stuff. Again, The Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, number two. Why aren't you reading this book? Yes. David, why aren't you caught up? Raul well, it's Allen's- been a whole two issues. Why haven't I caught up? Well, you, you know, you got to get on this so I can, we can gush. Because it's, it's fantastic. Uh, Galad has, well, spoilers. Uh, with Book of Death, Galad has died. <laughs> and when Galad, when Galad dies. I guess I don't have to finish that then. Uh. Oh, come on. You read that. <laughs> you didn't? I don't know if I finished. I didn't read all the tie-ins. I didn't read the, 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 the full. All right. Well, I'm sorry. With spoilers, Galad dies. Dick. Oh, you spoil it, but I'm a dick. Is is it not apparent by the title of the book? (laughs) Book of Death. It's not Book of Sleep. He he dies. Kill off the the Geomancer then. Master Dark is in it. Kill him. I won't tell you what happens, but Galad is a casualty. He dies. (laughs) Shit. And, And when he dies, because Galad is immortal, more or less, he doesn't die under normal circumstances. He goes to paradise and he's with his family, his wife, his children. And in order for Galad to come back to the physical realm, he has to parse this forest that's populated by adversity. He's got to fight his way out. And issue one and two is basically Galad being semi-complacent, enjoying the company of his deceased family and children, which would encompass family, I'm sorry. And as of issue two, he makes a resolution. You should really read this because um, Raul Allen, oh, good God. Good God, is this book beautiful. And uh, written by Robert Venditti, it's, uh, if Valiant had a flagship, this would be the book right now. Uh, visually, it's, uh, you know, I shouldn't say that because they're all really, they're all special. But this one is, is particularly, uh, noteworthy because I, I have no bones to pick with it at all. Writing, art, um, design, everything is just amazing. 
Sweet. And it helps that Galad is Pets, uh-huh. my, my favorite character. Is he? Since when? Yeah, you know, I fluctuate between Bloodshot and Galad. I read the, the... And no, Rai is not in the class of, of Bloodshot Good. and Galad. I like Rai a lot. But um, even Bloodshot Reborn. Oh, that's how I, 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 I vocalize my, my uh, appreciation of Valiant. I make sounds. Because there's not a word in my vocabulary that can encompass how much I'm enjoying these books. Ugh, that's it. That's a pull quote. If Valiant wants to use it, fine. Ugh, it's amazing. I'm sorry. For what? I telegraph my publisher of the year. Every friggin' episode I do it. Yeah, I, I think that there are some things that just aren't really... It's not a surprise. Right. It's not a guess. Yeah. It's not... More than DC, more than Marvel, more than Image, Valiant has pleased me more than any publisher for 2015. Yep. That's cool. Go. Oh, man. All right. In your travels, uh, there, you know what? Cause I didn't, I, I only, I only read the first three chapters of Harrow County, so I didn't get to read. The next five. Um, but you should be that I, I thought it was, it's beautiful. It's, it, it's a gorgeous book. I agree. Um, yep. and, and Colin can write some, some spooky stuff. The, uh, but I'm thinking in your travels, you know what? Uh, because I, it's pretty much done. It's, I think if issue 12 is out, then that's it. Um, so you can probably just wait for the collection of the fade out. It's only 12 issues? I read number 11 and at the end of it, um, I think it, I think it actually said to be conclu- to be concluded, but then, uh, oh, no. then Brubaker, uh, basically was like, so that's the, um, that's the end of, uh, well, let me, let me find it. I will find it. Um, but the, I fear for Charlie. <laughs> Stop. Uh, at the end of the issue, Brubaker said, yeah, the last page says to be concluded. Uh, I don't know if it's Charlie needs to be worried about. Maybe it's Gil. The, uh, so then you turn, you turn the page and, and, uh, Brubaker says, well, we are definitely at the part of the fade out where I feel weird talking about anything in the issue you just read because I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, but I will say so. That's, uh, this, this seems to be a 12 issue series. Uh, it's, this particular issue is, is it's filling in some gaps. It, it's, it's Charlie trying to piece things together. It, it's not a, uh, it's not necessarily a feel good book. <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's, an, that's an understatement. There are some dark things going on. There are people who are not who they seem to be. There's, uh, there's some deceit and, and, and some, some trust and some lust and, and trust issues. But there's a, uh, it's, it's. How'd you go and do that? You look like a little girl. What? When she shaved her thing. <laughs> I say the same thing. The, there's just, uh, 
it it's one of my favorite stories from uh from Brubaker and Phillips that of everything that they've done this the fade out will definitely be and and a lot and it's because of the subject matter i i am a fan of of the 1930s the hollywood scene i think that uh that there's a lot they could do with it and and, and it it feels like it's a story from that time it doesn't feel like it's it, it's a current story that they're just setting in the past it it's it's got the weight of uh of all of that that history in it the characters feel like they they live and breathe on on these lots it's uh yep and you know what just because Brubaker didn't have the volume of other writers for 2015 i don't think we should discount him no definitely not from the 11 o'clockers because what he did produce was fantastic yeah for sure uh fade out the 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 savage sword of criminal i mean the, he oh, had some fun. some amazing amazing books in 2015 you're right you're absolutely right uh it's this year's hard man it is it is very hard i agree uh and in your travels if you want something that's not hard on the eyes you should give four eyes ah uh uh-huh, you like that uh, Four Eyes, Hearts of Fire, number one, which I by Image Comics. This is the long-awaited follow-up to the original Four Eyes miniseries, which you guys, it's, it's been so long that the first New York Comic Con that we all partook in together <laughs> is when this was released. That's true. October 2008, the first issue of Four Eyes came out. Written by Joe Kelly with art by Max Fiumara. The fourth and final issue of that first miniseries wasn't released until June of 2010. It was nearly two years for four issues to come out. And it's been nearly six since then. But, um, I guess good things come to those who wait. Because for whatever reason those delays uh, happened. Um, the team of Kelly and Fiumara are back. And it picks up right where the first one left off. As a reminder to people, uh, Four Eyes is a book, um, it's a fantasy book set in the 1920s New York City, where everything is as we might remember it in terms of that setting, save for the fact that in this world, dragons are real. And as a result, organized crime, as, as they are wont to do, uh, are very fond of having underground dragon-fighting clubs that they use for gambling. Uh, and um, the boy of the story, who is the star of the book, uh, his father worked for one of the mobsters as a dragon wrangler. He would go into dragon caves and steal baby dragons, generally in egg form, and get them back, and then they would use those dragons uh, in captivity to train them to fight. Um Spoilers back to 2008 in the first couple pages of the first issue, uh, the boy's son, I mean, the boy's father dies. Um, but the boy takes up the mantle of being a dragon wrangler because he and his mother have no other way of supporting themselves. And he too falls into working for the mobster. So in a way, this is a lot like the Bronx tale only with dragons. Um, <laughs> and this, um, and actually it takes place in Chicago. I'm sorry. Not, uh, not New York, Chicago. Uh, but this, this, uh, this picks up. Uh, in 1934, and um, the boy's still working for the mobster, and uh, 
He's still got Mr. Fox, who is the head dragon trainer for the mobster that's sort of taken the boy under his wing. And um, his dragon, Four Eyes, is is uh, coming of age in terms of when he theoretically should be ready to be trained. Uh, and uh, we're, brought, we're brought right back into the world. And I will say that um, I'm not exactly sure what Max Fiumara has been up to in the last five and a half years. I know he's done a few things in comics. He did an issue or two of Spider-Man and a few other things, but he hasn't been all that active. But um, his art has gone from very good to excellent in these years. So he's definitely tightened up his craft. The book is beautiful. It's essentially a black and white comic, um, although not not for lack of color. It's intentionally black and white with some some bluish gray undertones uh, and shading. But uh, but I uh, uh, it was great, great first issue. Nice to have that universe, that part of the world back. Um, I'm a big Joe Kelly fan, as you guys know. So hopefully this will come out on the regular and we won't have to wait two years for the four-issue arc to be completed. Two issues solicited in this preview. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not a fan. Of the art? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, what's the uh, child's name? Um, the ma- I think it's Enrico. Well, whatever. Uh, regardless, um, I think the representation is extremely grotesque and not in a good way. Huh. Like, his head's too big. It's it's unsettling. <laughs> unsettling. It is. It's, I mean, I, I like some of the effects he gets uh, with the brush, but for the most part, I don't see why I'm, I'm not dissing the guy. I, I, maybe I just need more exposure, but from what I've seen of four eyes, I don't understand the, uh, the, the lavish praise. Hey, just got to hate. No, I'm being honest. I, I, I haven't seen it yet. Maybe I need more exposure, but that, in that first four eyes miniseries, I, I didn't see it. It's funny. I remember being at New York Comic Con having this exact conversation seven years ago. Yeah. And and uh, Tiki was all like, "Oh, four eyes, it's amazing." I'm like, "I'm glad you're enjoying it." I'm in Tiki's camp, so yeah, no, that's great. You and I, 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 you know, that's not <laughs> nice. Why did you say that? <laughs> More power to you. I mean, there are there are parts. Uh, some of his line I, I really like, but it's just like the the whole it, the parts don't fit to me. Oh well. Listen, this wouldn't be the first or last time that uh, our listeners think of you as being crazy. So <laughs> That's not exactly fair, but that's okay. Life's not fair. All right. Um, thank you for being here with us once again. If you enjoyed what you heard, please uh, leave us an iTunes review or a review on whatever platform uh, from which you downloaded this. And as usual... We'll be back next week, but you better be here because David gets all gl- verklempt. Say good night, David. Good night, David. I think I think you were a little off on that you one. You could think that. Maybe. <laughs> I almost mean, stopped you from thinking what you want. To think. I think it was strong. I do, I don't even have a comeback for that. Um, say. <laughs> Say bye-bye. Peace. Same bad channel. Call me.
It's true. And get those art, get the artwork in. If you want to be in the running, you need to get in. You do. To the, you know, you can't you win if you get don't in, play. You fit in, you know what I mean? Right. And don't forget, 11 o'clockers, get your votes in ASAP because you want your voice to be heard, right? Do it. And we'll be back next week. We'll be back. Bye. Love you. Bye. I heard they cut off everything he had What a dirty low-down thing to do They mess him up like that They dumped him in the jungle In the land of the sugar cane Ever since the day they fiddled around Said it ain't never been the same I said, oola I said, oola I said, oola Well, I heard they castrated Castro Because he was the people's friend they told him once and they told him twice Said I ain't gonna tell you again They put a bit of pressure on him That's when he told him what they could do So the work came down from the noise And town set up a jungle rendezvous I said, oola I said, oola We said, oola He had been living in a different world Then he was noted by reality Not in 